And we know that young children like to blurt out a lot, but these two things shouldn't keep you from having a successful circle time. You can have a highly engaging and effective circle time if you have the right ingredients and you have a recipe for making it happen. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood, where we believe in leveling the playing field and bridging the gap between the world of preschool, pre-K, and K-12 education. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and I went from a pre-K teacher of 20 years to a passionate advocate for high-quality early childhood education. I truly believe that the work you do, yes, you as an early childhood professional, is absolutely crucial, not just for your students, but society as a whole. I believe that you deserve to have the tools and training that you need to do your job well so you can really embody your role as a professional educator and your students can achieve their true potential. Listen in each week as I bring you real conversations with me and other early childhood teachers and experts where our mission is to guide you on your journey to becoming the most well-equipped and highly trained professional educator you can possibly be. All while helping you teach smarter, not harder, so you can live more. And there might even be a little humor thrown in here and there just to keep things light and fun. If you'd like to get started upping your early literacy game today, check out my book, Teach Smarter, Literacy Strategies for Early Childhood Teachers on Amazon. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm going to share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by ESGI, an online assessment tool that gives you a quick and easy snapshot of your students' early learning progress. With ESGI, you can target your instruction and help 100% of your students be kindergarten ready. In today's episode, I'm sharing my top five circle time essentials. These are must-haves that will make your circle time more fun and engaging for your preschool, pre-K, and yes, even your kindergarten students. Now, one of the questions I get asked frequently by teachers is, how do you get your kids to listen and pay attention during circle time? It's no secret that young children have short attention spans. And we've already addressed that topic in episodes 21 and 22 of this podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about attention spans, uh, you can go back and listen to those two episodes. And we know that young children like to blurt out a lot but these two things shouldn't keep you from having a successful circle time. You can have a highly engaging and effective circle time if you have the right ingredients and you have a recipe for making it happen. But first, let me tell you a story about Ashley. You see, Ashley was a very active and very bright student in my four-year-old class. She was also an only child, and she was used to being the star of the show at home. To say that Ashley had trouble waiting for her turn would be a gross understatement. The minute I would pull out a prop during circle time, she would leap out of her seat and 
lunged toward me to grab it. She just didn't have that self-control yet. It didn't matter which book I was reading aloud to the class. Ashley always had a lot to say about it. She was constantly blurting out through every story. And if she didn't get her way, then she started to disrupt the entire class. Sound familiar? You see, what Ashley needed were clearly defined rules for participation in circle time. Now I'm not talking about written rules or picture rules or anything like that. Those things are always helpful, of course, but she needed more of a concrete way to understand the unwritten rules of circle time. Step away from the job applications. No, you don't have to quit your teaching job to get your time, sanity, and life back. The Teaching Trailblazers program is now accepting applications for our next cohort. That means you can finally get the training, resources, and support you need to become your very best and least stressed self in the classroom. When you enroll in the Teaching Trailblazers program, you're saying yes, not just to your students and your administrators, but most importantly, to yourself. Go to teachingtrailblazers.com to apply. Now, I obviously wanted all of my students to participate during circle time, but Ashley being a typical four-year-old was she was very egocentric. Now, did Ashley challenge me? You bet. But guess what happened one day when I went to the dollar store and I stumbled across this cheap trinket. It's a plastic microphone. So for our viewers, this particular microphone I'm holding in my hand right now did come from Lakeshore. That's because I had a gift certificate a few years ago and I did buy a few of these so I would have um, all of them the same color. Uh, but I have purchased many just like this. I own many just like this that are from the dollar store. You can even find them at your local big box stores for about a dollar, just about any old time. Now it's super cheap plastic. It has zero tech, there are no batteries in this. It doesn't do anything except amplify your voice. I don't know if you could hear that, but it does have an echo in there if you talk into it. This is the only thing it does, it does it naturally. There's no technology involved, super simple. But okay, how do you use it in the classroom, Vanessa? So when I started giving the microphone to my students when it was their turn to participate, and I stated the criteria specifically for getting the microphone. That was when Ashley started to change her tune. So for example, after maybe I introduced a story and maybe asked a question of the children, like to activate prior knowledge or something, I might say something like this. Oh, I see. Adnan has something he wants to say about frogs. Adnan, have you ever seen a frog before? And then I would hand Adnan the microphone and I would say, I see Adnan is ready for a turn because he's on his spot and he's getting my attention. And you can put in there the attention seeking method that you prefer, whether that's raising their hand or showing a thumb or whatever it is that you do. But he is doing these two things that tells me that he is ready for a turn. So not only am I asking a question of, you know, the book that I'm reading, which is something we do at circle time every day, but I'm also just adding this little prop in there. I was going to ask the question anyway, right? I was going to ask the students if they have ever seen a frog before, or they knew anything about frogs or whatever to activate the prior knowledge. But I was also at the same time, just calling attention really briefly 
to what they were doing that fit the criteria for getting the microphone. So when Adnan gets the microphone, he can say, I caught a frog in the park, in the pond, last year with my brother, or whatever it is Adnan was gonna say, right? You can have them stand up if you want, whatever. It's great for oral language. But um, the, the goal here is that Ashley sees that, right? And she realizes that the way Adnan got their microphone and the way he got that attention that she's seeking, right? That she wants she wants to be involved and participate. That's great. She's got she's highly motivated. But that's going to start planting the seeds for her that if she would like to have the microphone and also have that turn, then she needs to follow those unwritten rules of circle time. And so when I started using this microphone with my classes and it it didn't just work with Ashley, it works with all children, right? When I started using this method, it I believe, this is my thought process on the whole thing, I believe that it gave them a more concrete understanding of the expectations. Because we can say, you have to sit in your spot, you have to raise your hand and all that type of stuff until we are blue in the face. But they don't ever seem to do it, right? So they need some kind of concrete, tangible, visual way to understand. Now, of course, rules, posters, and all that stuff, those are all fine and dandy, but they just need something more to help motivate them to participate in appropriate ways. Does that make sense? And as a bonus, this microphone is also very helpful for dual language learners who sometimes may be shy to speak and need a little extra something to entice them to do so. I saw a huge gain in my dual language learners wanting to participate when I used the microphone. And then after I had been using it for a good long while, we were using it every day, um, not for every single activity, but I was using it every day. They understood the purpose of it and they came to see it as a teacher tool. And you know that they see it as a teacher tool when you see them playing teacher during center time and they're pretending to have a microphone. So then that's when I started buying more and I put them out in centers so and the children would be enticed to speak in them. And that ended up being a great bonus for all students. So that brings me to essential item number two. And this is something that my mentors showed me my very first year teaching public pre-kindergarten. And this one won't break the bank either. All you need are some popsicle sticks and paper. And this time, my story is all about Jaden. You see, Jaden went to early Head Start before he came to my pre-kindergarten classroom. He had been in school since he was an infant. He was extremely well-behaved and extremely bright, just like Ashley. But he was constantly saying things like, Ugh, and then rolling his eyes and saying, I heard that story in Miss Melissa's class already. And he would just have a little attitude every time I was reading a story that he had heard before, like he was, he was easily bored. And of course I said things to him like, well, you've never heard me read the story before. And then I would do like my best voices. I would pull out all the stops just to like one up Miss Melissa, somebody I'd never met. But it didn't change anything. But when I added simple props made from popsicle sticks and paper, it was a real game changer. And it wasn't just a game changer for Jaden. It was a game changer for all students. Because using simple props like this, for our viewers, I, uh, for our listeners, I'm holding up some popsicle sticks with little butterflies taped to the top. 
Um, it's not just a game changer for one child, but all children. Everybody wants a chance to hold one of these butterflies in their hand. To a child, this isn't a silly popsicle stick with a piece of paper taped on the back. Um, it is a magical butterfly that is red and it flies through the air and it goes with the song. These are magical things to young children. In fact, these little popsicle sticks were so popular that I would often hear children at pickup time tell their parents, like let's say we did five green and speckled frogs that day with frogs on craft sticks or popsicle sticks, their parents would pick them up and they would say, guess what, guess what, mom or dad, I, I got to hold a frog during the circle time. <laughs> which then led me to have to explain to the parents it wasn't a real frog because the parents would sometimes say, well, did you wash your hands afterwards? How did it feel? Um, so I'd have to explain a little bit, but this was a highlight of their day, right? Because most times when you ask kids what they did at school all day, they'll say, I played. Uh, but holding a popsicle stick with a picture on it was the highlight of their day. Imagine that. So this little um, song that I'm going to share with you now is one that I wrote. It's an original little finger play, if you will. And it goes along um, with five little butterflies, maybe an insect theme or spring. And so it goes like this, five colorful butterflies fluttering in the sky. And you can teach the other children, you know, how to flutter. That's a good vocabulary word, right? Flutter fluttering in the sky, the red one said, I can fly so high. And then you're gonna take the little butterfly and make it fly so high. Orange one said, look at all the pretty flowers. And you could put your hand over your eyes like you're looking for something. And the yellow one said, I could sit here for hours. You can kind of fold your arms like you're sitting for a long time. The green one said, let's have some fun. And then I usually, I usually run during this part, but since butterflies don't run, then maybe I'll flap my little butterfly wings. I don't know. Um, and the blue one said, I'll race you to the sun. Then you go fast with your butterfly. Now I do it once for the children and then I invite them up. So it might look a little something like this. You know, these are not just for the teacher to touch. The magic lies in having the children touch them because now they're eager to participate. Having one of these popsicle sticks with a picture on it is like getting a Willy Wonka golden ticket. I mean, <laughs> the things kids will do to have a turn, really. Um, so I will start looking for those children who are following those unwritten rules of circle time, right? And stay on your spot. It doesn't mean you have to sit, you know, crisscross or anything, but just your, your area, right? Let's not push our friends or sit on top of our friends or whatever. Stay in your spot and um, show me that you want to turn whatever way you have deemed appropriate for that. So those are the two criteria I'm looking for. And I'll say, oh, I see Jessica. I can tell that Jessica wants a turn to have a butterfly today because I see she's in her spot and she is and whatever your attention getting signal is, um, that's going to motivate kids like Ashley. Now, Jaden was motivated by this because this was different. Like this, this is part of circle time that he didn't, hadn't had a chance to experience before. And he may have been extremely bright, but 
he certainly wanted a popsicle stick just like all the other kids did. So he's still a child, no matter how smart he is, right? So very, very engaging. I add popsicle sticks with little things on the end for every single theme. Not a day goes by that I don't use these. And think of all the great finger plays that are out there. Five green and speckled frogs, um, five little pumpkins, um, you name it. There are so many different um, finger plays out there that you could use. It doesn't matter if your students are three, four, or five years old, if they're dual language learners or neurodiverse, young children are motivated and engaged to participate when you use prompts like this. Okay, so that brings me to essential circle time item number three. And this next item may seem very unexciting and not very interesting all by itself, but when used in a particular way during circle time, it is the perfect way to gain children's attention and draw them into circle time. So drum roll, please. It's a bag. <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. Vanessa, how on earth is a bag going to get my kids to pay attention and participate? And it's really quite simple. So let me show you. So you put some objects in your bag. I have already placed the objects in my bag. And you're probably wondering too, Vanessa, where'd you get the bag? Something came inside of it in the mail. I have no idea what came inside this bag, but here's the logo on the other side. Doesn't tell me what it is either. I ordered something, it came in this bag and I saw the bag and I was much more interested in the bag than whatever it was that came inside of it. So. I saved the bag. It is like this shiny fabric material and I found it to be perfect. You can find your own perfect bag. So here's how it works. You put some items in the bag that relate to the book you're going to read or a topic that you're introducing. The key is to do this before the kids ever arrive in the classroom because if they see you putting the items in the bag, it's game over. Then when it's time to read the story or introduce something, you get out the bag and you watch the magic happen, right? So I'm gonna bring the bag out, I'm gonna show it to the students, I'm gonna say, I wonder what could be inside this bag. And now I might even bring it up to my face like this, and I might peek inside. I, might, I like the, the bags that have drawstrings because they're very easily closed and they kind of just add that special little element of something. And I think that the fact that it's shiny gives it another special little something. Um, but you can reach your hand in, you can take things out, let them talk about them. You might say, oh, I see something green in here. It's something green that goes ribbit, ribbit. You could do something like that. Or you could invite kids to take uh, turns pulling things out of the bag. And so they have to close their eyes. Anytime they have to close their eyes, it's magic because they think it's special. And oh, something good must be going on if I have to close my eyes for it. They stick their hand in the bag. What do you feel? What does it feel like? What do you think it is? It's a frog. That's a frog. Do you think there might be a frog in the story we're gonna read today? Okay, you can hold on to that frog. I let them hold on to it until we're done with this part of the book introduction, right? Because these are, I don't care about the frog. He was from the dollar store. There were like a bunch in a pack. Let's give somebody else a turn. Oh, oh, I feel, I feel something very heavy in the bag. Very heavy. It's hard too. Let's see. Adriana, do you know what's in there? Stick your hand inside. Close your eyes. Tell us what it feels like. 
You feel something? You feel something soft in there too? You think you feel a pencil? Bring something out and show us. What is that? Was I right? Is it something hard? What is it? It's a rock. I think there might be frogs and rocks in this story. Hmm. This is an interesting story. And so you're gonna go through and do that. And I just have like four things in here, right? So I have like a piece of foam cut out in the shape of a lily pad and I have a stick, okay? So I'm gonna let them tell me what they think this story is gonna be about. And then after we do that, now I don't take too long on that. Don't That's gonna you know eat up some time, but don't take too long because then you're gonna start losing their interest. Um, then you can pull out the book and say, Let's see if you were right. Hold up your things. If you pick something from the bag, hold it up and show us. Let's see. Oh, there is something green there. Is that a frog? We're going to have to read the story and find out if all those things were in the book. So you can see that right there, the bag is a great way to gain their interest. Even your kids who don't like to come to circle time, who aren't big fans of read-alouds, right? Because there are kids out there who don't like the stories that you're reading, or they just don't like the whole idea of paying attention to something for more than a minute. The bag is going to help draw those kids in. It works for all children, but it's especially helpful for those kids who need that extra boost of engagement, right? They need a little extra something to pull them into and get them interested in whatever it is you're doing. And remember, if everyone is coming at you, trying to have a turn, just like Ashley, remember Ashley, she was lunging at me all the time. You're gonna do the exact same thing again. You're gonna hold up your bag and you're gonna say, oh, but you know, only the children that are ready can get a turn to, to have, um, a turn with the bag, right? So, oh, I see that Felicity is sitting on her spot or she's on her spot and she's showing me that she would like a turn and whatever your appropriate signal is. So I'm gonna let Felicity have a turn. Now remember, if you don't have a turn this time, there's still more things in the bag, if there are. And if you don't get a turn today, what do we always say? Tomorrow is another day. Because you're gonna be doing things where they have turns all day long, right? So there's there's no shortage of turn taking that's gonna be happening in the classroom during that time. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just scan your students' fingerprints and a computer would spit out a detailed report of which early learning skills they've got down pat and which ones they're still struggling with? Well, unfortunately, there's no such thing yet, but you can do the next best thing. ESGI makes it quick and easy to gather real-time data on your students' learning progress. With just a few clicks, you can gather information that will help you individualize lessons to meet every student where they're at, create small groups of students who need to practice the same skill, and guide whole class instruction to help 100% of your students be kindergarten ready long before the end of the year. So what are you waiting for? Get the data you need quickly and easily with the world's best early childhood assessment tool. Just go to ESGISoftware.com and enter promo code PREKPAGES. That's P-R-E-K-P-A-G-E-S to try ESGI for free for 60 days and save $40 on your first year's subscription. Now, back to our show. So next up is essential item number four. And this is something I'm willing to bet that a lot of you already have and use in your classroom. It is a class puppet. And this is Allie the Alligator. 
And as I was preparing for this episode today, I realized I don't know the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. So I could be completely wrong, but I've named her Allie the Alligator. <laughs> so let's hope she truly is an alligator. Several years ago, I use her all the time. I have a couple different puppets from that same vendor and they no longer are in business, but um, you can find lots of puppets up there on Amazon if you look. Um, but it really doesn't matter what type of puppet it is. It could be an alligator, it could be a frog, it could be a dog, it could be a cat, it could be an elephant, it could be a lion, it could be a bird, whatever, whatever puppet it is, it doesn't matter because the teacher is the one who brings the magic to the puppets, right? And more expensive puppets don't work any better than inexpensive puppets. So don't worry about the cost. All about how you use the puppet to interact with your students. It is a tool to increase engagement when you use a puppet in circle time. So just having the, the puppet isn't gonna make your circle time magically better, right? It's not gonna enhance your circle time. It's not gonna make it the best circle time ever. It's all about how you use the puppet. I don't use the puppet for everything, right? And, and occasionally, um, you can use the puppet outside of circle time too. It doesn't have to be limited to circle time, but it is a great circle time essential tool you can use to increase that engagement. And so here's an example of how I might use it. Maybe I have gathered my kids around. Um, it's before I've gotten the bag out, right? So let's back up and pretend I haven't shown you the bag already. Um, and you're the student. I might say something like, oh, like everyone's getting ready to come to circle time, right? And maybe it's taking a little too long or I just want to get their attention quickly, right? So I'll say, oh, boys and girls, Allie, she has something she wants to tell you, but she can't tell you until you're all ready to listen. And what do they have to do in order for you to tell them, Allie? <gasps> mm-hmm. She said that she needs to see all of you in your spot and ready to listen. Yep, that's right. Right, Allie? Mm-hmm, okay. All right, let me know when you're ready. She, see her big eyes? She's watching to see if you're ready. Okay, oh, you're ready now? Oh yes, I agree, the boys and girls are ready. Okay, so go ahead. Uh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <gasps> Allie says that for today's story, we need to get out the bag. And she wants to remind you that not everyone can have a turn to see what's inside the bag. We're gonna, everyone's gonna see it, but not everyone has a turn to reach in the bag. And that's okay, because what, what do we always say, Allie? That's right, tomorrow's another day. And will we have more turns today to have turns? We sure will. That's right. Okay, everybody. Allie says it's time to get out the bag and maybe I'll even have Allie pick the bag up in her big old mouth there and get it out for us. But really very simple things like that, right? I, and I'm using her as a tool. I'm using this puppet as a tool to capture their attention. And you know, one thing that my kids always do every year that I've used a puppet without fail they all want to talk to her. They all want to talk to the puppet. I have something I want to say to Allie. I have something I want to say to Allie every year. And so I usually after I use her 
in this way, I'll let one child ask her a question. And somebody will say something like, Allie, do you have any brothers or sisters? Oh, that's a good question. Allie, do you have any brothers or sisters? She has 16 brothers and sisters. Wow, that's a lot of brothers and sisters. Does anybody else here have 16 brothers and sisters? That's pretty cool, Allie. You know, stuff like that. It's so simple, but so effective. So let me tell you a little story about um, when I started using puppets in my classroom. I had been using puppets for a little while, and when I was teaching Head Start, I had a little student named Talia. She was in my three-year-old class. She's one of the sweetest students I ever had. I'm not using a pseudonym for her because she's grown with children by now. I am positive. And she just loved our class puppet. I don't even remember what it was that year, um, but it was it was the years when I had the same puppet for many years and, and that puppet like slowly died over the year. It was very cheap. Um, but she thought that puppet was real. And when I had a parent-teacher conference with her mom, her mom said, and I forget what the puppet's name was, let's call it Fred, I don't know. The mom kept asking me about Fred, and I was like, Fred, who's Fred? Like, I, I didn't, I wasn't in the frame of mind of, she's talking about my class puppet, right? I thought she was talking, she kept saying, who's Fred? She said she likes to play with Fred at school, and I just want to know who Fred is. And I, I was just like, we don't have Fred in our class, like, we don't. We don't, and we didn't have a Fred in our program. So I'm like, I, maybe she has an imaginary friend. I think that was my idea at the time. And then it dawned on me when we were getting close to the end of the conference, this child had been telling her mom about Fred all year and Fred was the puppet. <laughs> so then I, it, before we left, I was like, oh, I know who Fred is. And so I got the puppet out. Her mom and I had a really good laugh about it. She was so convinced that the puppet was real and he was such a part of her everyday life at school that she was just telling her mom about what the puppet said or did that day at school. Like, did you know that, that Fred has 16 brothers and sisters? You know, she was telling the mom these things and it was so funny, but it, it, it made perfect sense because she was always the one, first thing when she would come in the room, she had to find Fred. She was talking to Fred during circle time. Um, she had a very active and rich imagination, but her mom and I got a really good laugh out of that one. So that was the year that I decided that Fred or whoever the puppet was, was going to be a part of our classroom in every way. And so I made him a little picture card with his name on it and we put it on our name wall. And so the kids would have a place because Talia in particular would like to draw pictures for Fred, write letters to Fred. And of course that spurned the other children to do the same thing in our art center. So um, think about that too. So essential number five is circle time games. Now games are perfect for increasing engagement and expanding those tiny little attention spans. And here is an example of a circle time game that focuses on numeral identification. And of course, it doesn't have to be numerals. You could play many different types of circle time games. But on the screen for our viewers right now, I have a pocket chart. Now, do you have to have a pocket chart? No, you could totally do this on the floor with your kids sitting in a circle. But if you have a flat surface, um, you can put your pocket chart on and you can attach it with magnets. If you have a magnetic board, um, I have put, um, uh, magnetic clips at the top or you can put it on a pocket chart stand however you decide to do it but 
So we have these cards, and I, they go all the way up to 31, and there's snowmen on each card. So there's card number one, two, three, four, five, and on the screen I just have up to 11 because I'm just doing a demonstration for you. You can imagine the other 31 here. Uh, and behind one of these cards, I have hidden a snowflake. And this is something that I created recently uh, for the members of our Teaching Trailblazer membership site. Um, and they're also available in my store as well. So the way it goes is you teach the children the chant. And this one's chant says, snowman, snowman, hide and seek. Where's the snowflake? Let me peek. And what you do is then invite children to take turns. And I would probably use the microphone for this one, right? So, Michael, where do you think the snowflake is hiding? And Michael says, number seven. Let's look behind number seven. Oh, not this time. I usually say better luck next time. Michael can give the microphone to somebody. I like to give them ways that they can be involved in the passing of the microphone too. It really helps increase that engagement. Um, and let's say he gives it to Casey. And Casey says, number four. Let's look behind number four. Oh, better luck next time, Casey. Casey gives it to Sky, and Sky says it's behind number nine. <gasps> you were right, it was behind number nine. Okay, everyone turn around, close your eyes, and then I take the snowflake out and I hide it somewhere else. Now, there are eight different uh, snowflakes in this, so you could hide more than one since there are 31 number cards. If your kids can't count past 10, then just use the 10, you know, whatever numbers they're familiar with, use those, and then you can play the little game. So you've got some um, rhyming practice in here. It's a fun little chant. Everyone chants it together every time um, we look for a card. So each time one of those kids had a turn, we would say the little chant. And there is an original chant written by me to go along with every single one of these circle time numeral identification games. And of course, because I know you're going to ask, here are all the ones I've created so far um, that are available in my shop. I'm still creating more to go along with each theme, but we've got Robin, Bees, um, Farmer, Fire Truck, Gingerbread, Halloween, Rabbit, Santa, um, Snowman, St. Patrick's Day, Thanksgiving, and Valentine's Day. All of those are in the store. So here's a bonus tip for you, just in case you're wondering how on earth I store or organize these circle time props. I keep a tub or a basket or whatever you have, container of some sort. I usually use a dish tub from the dollar store and I would put my circle time items in that tub and then I kept the tub on a shelf out of their reach very close to where I held circle time. Anything you put within their reach, they're gonna get into, right? Then the element of surprise will be gone with the bag especially. Um, so I keep the things that I'm gonna need, like the microphone, like the um, the bag, things like that. Oh, the, the things on the craft sticks or the popsicle sticks, I put those in a little Ziploc and then those go in the container as well or the tub and the book that I'm gonna read for that day, all those things go in that tub and then I just get the tub out, 
when it's time for circle time. Now my puppet always has a special place that she sits above where the children are. They can't get to her. Um, that's where Allie stays. It's like the top of a bookcase and I have to actually reach up to get it down. That way um, they don't destroy her, right? She has a special type of uh, magical sense about her, kind of like the elf on the shelf that we don't want to spoil. So keep her out of the way. Um, the kids have puppets over in the um, storytelling center, so they don't need to have her too. Um, and everything I need for the day is right in that tub. And I always make sure that the location of that tub is disclosed to the substitute teachers um, in case, you know, they need to know where all the props are for circle time. And I say, ask the kids to tell you how they work and they will. <laughs> and the next thing I want to address is should you use all of the things I just talked about in this episode every single circle time? And the answer to that would be a resounding no. These are tools that you can use to increase engagement. They are used intermittently. Some of them you can use every day. You can use Alley every day. You could use um, the microphone every day, certain things like that. Think of these like spices for your perfect circle time recipe, right? If you add every spice that you have on your spice rack into every single recipe, you're going to ruin it, right? You don't want cinnamon in your pizza, etc. But if you add certain spices to your recipes, they'll be just right. So there you have it, my circle time essentials for your classroom. I hope that you got some ideas you can take back and use right away in your classroom. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward. Thank you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it. Easy squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen in each week for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward. Onward and upward.